what's happening everybody this is baldo Villa. welcome to modern mayhem the show that tries to clarify modern issues with some knowledge make sure to hit us up at modernmayhemshow.com and also look for the show on itunes podcast free to subscribe and download we are also reaching 20,000 subscribers on tumblr so if that's what you're into hit us up there all right thanks for listening and let's start the show Identity and race. Modern humans in most developed countries are living in a world where one must develop and create profiles that represent who they are across what we now call social networks. Editing, creating digital profiles are customary now. You can add your gender, your sexual orientation, favorite sports teams, height, weight, favorite music, job history, likes, dislikes, etc., etc. All these lists of facts that somehow attempt to represent who you are. Now, the question is, do these lists of personal facts really outline who you really are? What makes up the real you is the question. We're trying to investigate what makes the self, who we are based on what? Some of the questions we may ask in this podcast are, what is the connection between identity and race? Why do people pride themselves in the racial characteristics, which on some level seem to be randomly distributed? Can we make a list of facts that truly represent who we are? We didn't choose our identity at birth, but can we later on alter it or choose or manipulate it to define who we are? Now, most of these questions could be found in the study of philosophy of self, right? So it's a specific branch in philosophy where we get to study the the qualities and characteristics that define, quote unquote, the self. The self does not have a specific definition, like most terms in philosophy. But again, the study of the self is defined by searching for those qualities that make up quote unquote, who you truly are. So the idea is that those qualities that are specific to you make one person distinct from all others. At first glance, this may seem like an easy subject. Oh, well, the self, I know who I am. But when you get deeper into the philosophical realm of the self, it it can get kind of tricky, right? So today's show is to kind of clarify what we mean by the self and maybe perhaps will illuminate that definition that you use in your own life to represent who you truly are. Now, some might call it, you know, consciousness. Some might say, well, metaphysically, I have a body, I have a mind, I have a soul, combine all those things, and that's what makes me who I am. Again, but do the parts that make up who you are truly make up who you are, right? So philosophy itself, again, looks into those specific attributes that make up your identity. Now, like it is customary in any, you know, debate, discussion, lecture, whatnot, podcast, at least for us, we want to define some ideas for some terms that way we can have um, an objective conversation on this. The first word I want you guys to look into is identity. The word identity means condition or character as to who a person or what a thing is. Those attributes, characteristics that make up who you are. But those characteristics, those attributes, those attributes have different levels of attachment to the self, if you will, right? So beyond the term identity, right, looking for the condition or the characteristics of a person, we want to talk about two types of characteristics. And I think this is where the conversation really gets interesting. And I think we get closer to to understanding the, the issues here for philosophy of self. So first off, we have essential characteristics or essential properties. If you remove those properties, then you will lose your identity. Right? Thus, they're considered essential. Right? So you have an object 
who is defined by a certain property, once you remove that property, it stops being what it is, right? And we'll get more into to this in a bit, right? We have, you know, other examples. But another term that kind of goes along the lines of essential properties are accidental properties. Now, those are properties that if they change or are removed, then your identity stays intact, meaning they don't have an essential function to defining the object, right? So let's give some example right now. Perhaps some of you were uh, punk rockers when you were younger and decided to say dye your hair. Your hair was either red, blue, or purple, or or maybe now, right? You you say, I need a new haircut. I need a new me. I need to dye my hair. I need a haircut, a hairstyle that defines the new me. Now, that color, that change, that length of hair that might have changed, did that really change who you are? Did that definition of who you are change? No. For the most part, you are still you, whether you have red hair, blue hair, black hair, brown hair. The real you did not change. Therefore, the color of your hair is considered an accidental property, meaning even if you change it, you are still you. Your identity is not necessarily revoked. Right now, some people say, well, I am my hair. I am. Now we're talking about the real you. Now, whether you're wearing a hat, whether you're bald, whether your hair is a different color, the real you has not changed. Right. So, again, accidental properties, if removed, if modified, if changed, do not modify or change your identity. But it gets tricky if we, inv if we try to enumerate which of our properties are essential, which of our properties are accidental. All right now, let's, let's go through this theoretical exercise here. Now, if we do decide to remove your hair, does your identity stay intact? For the most part, yeah, you're just a bald version of you. All right, let's go further. Let's say we remove one arm, that you had an accident. Are you still quote unquote you? You might be a less mobile or efficient you know, in some circles, version of you. But for the most part, you're still you. You're just without one part of your body. Now, say we remove both arms. Are you still, quote unquote, you? Yeah. Now, your identity hasn't changed. Your physical appearance might have, but you, the, the real you, may not have changed. Say we remove your legs. Again, now you have a less mobile version of you, but, but still your identity has not changed. Quote, you, you might be a less, you know, mobile or efficient you know, in some circles, version of you. But for the most part, you're still you, you're just without one part of your body. Now, say we remove both arms. Are you still, quote unquote, you? Yeah. Right? Your identity hasn't changed. Your physical appearance might have, but you, the, the real you, may not have changed. Say we remove your legs. Again, now you have a less mobile version of you, but, but still your identity has not changed. So if you keep going further with this line of investigation, for most, you might say, okay, you can pr pretty much remove any physical feature as long as my consciousness or my soul or my mind is not removed, my personality for some. Then that is the real you. Then that is what we could consider the essential properties of the human being. And so I might say, yeah, consciousness. That is the one thing that does not change. My soul hasn't changed from day one, if you believe in the soul. My mind has gotten better, but it's not a different mind every time I learn something. It's the same one, just getting better. So the mind, consciousness, that is the real you. Cool, we're getting somewhere. But that also plays some trickery on, on this conversation. Notice that your consciousness, that your mind is not gender specific. I mean, that's an attribute aligned with your physical self, with your body. But we just said that removing physical parts does not change who you are. So does that mean that your consciousness, your mind is not gender specific, is not, say, ethnic specific, is not race specific? I mean, again, we, we only want the essential properties that make up who you truly are. And we have just got down to the point that perhaps... The physical self is not 
a keen representative of who you really are. But yet that has a lot to do with sometimes the way we characterize ourselves, right? Right. So the issue of philosophy of self is, is to determine who we truly are. And it seems we get to a point where we're not sure of the differences between essential and accidental characteristics. Now, the social aspect to, to this question is even, it's even more bizarre. Right? Now that we have understood the differences between essential and accidental properties, again, those properties that either make or break who you really are, we realize that most of the racial tensions out in the world are based on the differences in our accidental properties. No one here on this earth, not you, not me, chose our properties. You do not choose to be a man. You do not choose to be a woman. You do not choose to be Mexican. You do not choose to be black. You do not choose to be white. You didn't even choose the color of your hair. You didn't choose what year to be born. We didn't choose any of our attributes coming into this world. None. Yet, we still fight and war and kill based on those attributes that were randomly distributed to our quote-unquote self, to our soul. That is the irrationality of the human being there. You know, it's like, I'm a big Spurs fan. Everybody who knows me knows that the San Antonio Spurs are the best team, at least in my view. But the question is, if I was born anywhere else, say I was born in China, raised in China, would I still have the same passion for, say, the Spurs? I would hope so. But it begs the question, well, yeah, we're influenced by our environments. And the location where I was born does have an effect of how I see myself of how I define myself. But again, that location is just, again, was was just randomly appointed to us. I didn't choose to be born in the South Texas, Mexico area of the world. I'm glad I am. I'm pretty happy. I'm prideful of my attributes. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with pride. I mean, it's kind of weird when you think about it. It's like, I'm very proud of this randomly distributed attribute that was placed upon me without choice. But I'm going to be happy and I'm going to go along with it. That's fine. But when someone starts to judge and criticize and hurt and cause pain because of these randomly distributed properties, that is some of the most irrational, most idiot-driven logic I've ever seen. I mean, again, you did not choose your properties, nor did they to say, we're better than you, I'm better than you, some sort of ethnocentric attack on somebody else based on the differences in their properties that both parties did not have a choice in. is some of the most weirdest actions that a, that human, that a human can can have right it's like forming groups based on hair color and saying brown-haired people are better and blondes oh we need to attack the blondes or don't even talk about the redheads they're they're in third place right it, it seems silly but we do it all the time i mean it was very obvious with race right? oh this person is different color skin from us they come from a different location than us right we have this whole america thing going on like i said it's fine to be proud of who you are it's fine but when you start to cause pain towards somebody else when you start to criticize and judge other people it's just illogical again you did not choose that location you just happen to be born within the boundaries of the united states luckily you were born into one of the better developed countries in the world you should be humble that you get to be born within these boundaries again randomly distributed you could have been born somewhere else. I mean, you could have been born in a third world country. I guarantee you would not be saying America. But yet we don't look at that issue further. We get stuck in this mob mentality, this team affiliation. 
and we don't realize how irrational and silly it can be. Another aspect to this idea is whether or not we get to define who we are, right? So again, to reiterate, we did not choose any of the properties that we use to define who we are, right? We were thrown into this world. We had certain properties already attached, right? You didn't choose your gender. You didn't choose your ethnicity. You didn't choose the location where you were born, but fine. It's like your world profile was already edited for you. You didn't choose a background. You didn't choose anything. It was already done for you. But does that truly define who you are? Could you go beyond your default attributes, your default world earth profile and define who you are all over again? According to some of the existentialists, yes, you can define who you are. Okay, now I want to go into a bit of philosophy of self theory with the existentialists. Now, existentialism stresses the individual's unique position as a self-determining agent, meaning that you are responsible for your choices, that you have the ultimate freedom in defining who you are. Jean-Paul Sartre stated that man is nothing else but what he makes of himself. Now, if you have a hard work ethic and you have very much confidence in who you are, then you might understand this existentialist view that you determine who you are beyond those attributes that were randomly distributed to you, right? So existentialism came from, from this idea that we are in control of who we are, right? Many times people say, oh, I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know who I am, right? This search for meaning in the world, that's an existential crisis when you're looking for meaning and the world doesn't give it to you, right? That's the weird part about humans as well, that we need to find meaning yet we live in an environment that will not give it to us right you're not going to get a letter in the mail from the universe saying you're on the right track you're doing what you're supposed no you don't get that letter you don't get that sign you i mean some people make up signs i'm like oh i saw this and it was meant to be therefore you know thank you fortune cookie now i know what i'm supposed to do right unfortunately humans do not get that easy of a meaning attributed to us, right? So the existentialist attitude came as a response to that existential crisis, that meaningless or absurd world where we're looking for meaning and we can't find. So the existentialist comes from this first principle. The first principle of existentialism states that man is, again, nothing else but that which he makes of himself, meaning that you get to create your identity yourself. You get to make up your profile here on Earth. When you are aware of your own consciousness, it means that you are a existing in this world not only are you aware but you, you're aware that you have the choice to determine what it means to exist as you and again an existential crisis a moment at which an individual questions the very foundations of his or her life sometimes you feel like you're alone in this world that perhaps you realize that one day you're gonna die and you have not enough time here on earth you're looking for the meaning of life and not knowing whether you're on the right track. Perhaps you're heartbroken. Perhaps you're not getting the job you wanted. Perhaps you don't have the history that, that you wanted to live. And it could be extremely hurtful and unpleasurable and lonely. And people, I mean, it leads people to various stark places in our humanity. But there is a response to that, right? And that is the existentialist view, right? Again, man, first of all, exists, encounters himself, surges up in the world and defines himself afterward, right? It's, Existence precedes essence, right? These existentialists like Nietzsche and Sartre talk about existence preceding essence, therefore after the attributes, right? That you were born into this world with certain attributes, but you get to define who you are thereafter. You make yourself. Man is what he wills to be after existence. You get to be who you want to be. 
Nietzsche's idea of the Ubermensch, the Superman, was a really simple one. It, it What it really did was remove responsibility from, you know, exterior supernatural ideas. You know, not just this controversial God is dead notion, but it moved really responsibility from all these supernatural entities to the physical world. Right Now we are responsible for our own morality, for our behavior, for our identity. Right? We cannot blame anybody else for who we are. Right? We cannot say, oh, Hitler killed a lot of people, but it wasn't really him. It was the devil, you know? The devil made him do it. No, no, no. We're learning how to live in this world, and we realize that it's going to be up to us to define what that means. So Jean-Paul Sartre talked about self-identity. Jean-Paul Sartre talked about self-identity as a matter of individual choice. Right? He came up with two ideas, one of this term called facticity and one called authenticity. Facticity is all the facts that are attached to a person, historically and in present time, right? That list, that profile editing that went on before we got to this world. The list of facts that define who you are, your gender, your age, your race, your ethnicity, your likes, dislikes, perhaps all those things. The list of facts that you did not choose that are somehow attributed to yourself. But we also have authenticity, the degree to which one is true to one's own personality, or your spirit or your character, meaning how true are you to yourself? And by true, we mean how much choice do you have in defining who you are, right? That's why it's so bizarre sometimes to look at some of these conversations, say what's gay marriage or, you know, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman. It's like, wait, what are you talking about? We get to define how our lives are going to be lived. We get to define what the meaning in our life is going to be. I mean, only you will live your life right? No one else will live your life. So therefore, why is anybody else, why does anybody else have the right to define what that means? How can anyone define what love means in your life. They can't. We have to transcend beyond those rules. We have to transcend beyond those attributes that were randomly distributed to us. We have to transcend beyond that profile that we did not choose. We have to outthink our default stance in this world and not fight over petty accidental properties that you had no idea you had or you were going to have. Again, you do not have choice in the properties that you're born with. You do not have choice to the accidental properties that will be assigned to you you upon entering this world but guess what you do have the choice on how authentic you are to who you define yourself to be and you do have a choice on how you treat other people based on those attributes the dumbest thing you can do is blame someone else for something they have no role in it's not their fault it's not their choice neither is yours but you can choose to think you can choose to outthink those default standpoints whether you do it or not that's up to you you can you get to define who you are and if at the end of the day you define yourself to be an ignorant traditional person that does not progress or change or evolve as a human being i guess you have the right for that too you have the right to do that right you have the right to be an idiot why would you want to do that why would you want to be irrational again existentialists also look at how much time we have here on earth do you want to spend your time on earth being ignorant or do you want to get the most juice out of the fruit Hopefully you enjoyed this conversation on identity. Hopefully it helps you look at race and other property related issues and realize that we have to outthink and really rationalize about some of these issues. And perhaps we realize that we're all the same deep down, right? I mean, literally, if consciousness serves to be that key, which defines the self, well, then it's an ungendered, unracial, unproperty, if those are even words, deproperty, I guess. We get to define who we are. Hopefully you make the right choice. 
modernmayhemshow.com. Ask me some questions, send me some email. We're also on Tumblr, modernmayhemshow.tumblr.com. You can also find me on Facebook and all the other social network stuff. And believe you me, I get to define my profiles online and in the real world. All right, people. See you guys. Modern Mayhem with Aldo Hogan.